0: I'm Lisa Bryant. I'm Leanne Gibbs.
1: And I'm Liam McNicholas.
0: And this is The Early Education Show. A fortnightly
2: look at the policy, politics and practice of Australia's early education sector.
1: As of Sunday night, what we will be doing is turning off the old system and going to a new system. Those were the words of the Federal Education Minister, Dan Tehan, earlier today, as he stood next to Prime Minister Scott Morrison and announced wholesale and immediate changes to how Australia funds early education. It's hard to underestimate what this will mean, but what we know is the sector has four days' notice that the childcare subsidy system, which took nearly three years to develop and legislate, will be gone, and a new system of a direct government funding of services will be in place on Monday, And the Conservative Prime Minister of this country stated that ECEC will be free. It's fair to say uh, we're probably as overwhelmed as everyone else is feeling right now. We probably debated, yeah. probably yeah. more. <laughs> we we debated and discussed and ummed and ummed about an episode tonight. We I, we think it's worth even just maybe sharing in the in the overwhelmingness and uh, and getting out. I think the facts of what we know, even though this probably will change. So this is another episode like our first coronavirus episode. where We want to start with a very clear disclaimer. We're recording this at seven o'clock on Thursday, the second of April, seven o'clock at night. That is, uh, I imagine. Imagine we'll be receiving more details about this package over the coming weekend. So, just please remember we're recording this with the information we have to hand at that time. Uh, and just again, uh, none of the three of us, unless one of you two is really holding out on me, are economic financial experts. So, obviously, in terms of making decisions about your service operations, it's probably best not to use the, the banterings of three podcasts. Although I think we do have a partner in the group who's uh, who's an economist, don't we? So maybe we could uh, we could send that we yeah, could send we've them your We just way.
2: had a disagreement over the dinner table about how profit is made in early childhood education. Oh, wow. Anyway, <laughs> I seem how to dare he like, challenge you on that. I know, right? I seem to think that I know it and he seems <laughs> to think he does. So, there you go. <laughs>
1: That's what can we record that conversation next time or release that as an episode? That sounds quite good. Um, no, but,
2: maybe we both sound a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so we obviously weren't planning to record tonight. We're all probably a bit time poor and I have to have a big thanks to Lisa and Leanne for agreeing to do this with me tonight. I, I do think it's important that we, we be a part of this conversation in the sector. Um, but we need to start obviously with the most important question that's come out of this, which is, in our uh, end-of-year Q&A prediction episode last year, did anyone predict that we would have a communist takeover of the early education space, and the government will be directly funding uh, early childhood with four days' notice. Um, Just put up your hand if you picked that one.
0: Oh, Liam, I definitely did. I said that the jobs for families package would be scrapped, the activity tests would be no more, all childcare would be free, we'd have a prime minister um, saying on national television how important early education and care is, and I also said that they'd fund services directly.
1: Oh, I, um.
0: I think that's a doggone fib there.
2: It um, doesn't ring a bell. We, yeah, we would have. How we, we would have laughed. Like we would have proposed that as being something that would just be completely bizarre and a joke but i did say there was a workforce there would be a workforce plan (laughs) what's that throw the workforce to the wolves and watch them i I, I don't want to necessarily say what it was but um yeah Yeah. there you go a walk for workforce development plan i think
1: i think yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it's it's probably it's probably worth taking just a brief moment i mean we have all been involved in early education for you know a lot of our uh, careers. I know. Um, you know. That's that's different lengths of time, but it's hard to imagine that probably what four or five weeks ago we were sort of having the usual discussions about, you know, uh, workforce issues and PD funding, and you know, in that space of time we are literally on the day that the announcement that the entire funding system for the sector will change, and we will be seeing free access for children <laughs> uh, directly funded. By government now, probably not funded enough. We can get into that, but I think this is worth taking a moment to just say this is these are incredible times we are we are living through. But so it is hard to know where to begin here. But Lisa, can you give us, I guess, the headline changes that were announced today?
0: Um, yeah, and look, even that is really hard to do. But essentially, um, what we've got is that from this um, coming Monday, um. It, you know, childcare subsidy and everything that you know about that will no longer be. And I think it's really important that we say that means that everyone has until 11.59 on Sunday, is it, or Saturday night? Sunday. 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 Um, to get in your existing timesheets for this last period through your software package, otherwise you won't get any of that money for another you know, another three or four months at least. So it's really important to get that in, um, you know, before Sunday. Once you've done that and you've got that last payment, you no longer have to submit attendances. (coughs) You no longer have to do any of that sort of stuff because CSS literally doesn't um, exist. So what they've kind of done is said okay how are we going to support services and the first one is through something we already know the job keeper funding and they kind of see that as you know covering the cost of wages for um, people in the sector now um, as you know um, I think we're all aware all the announcement focus bar a very small part first focused on services that did get child care subsidy before. So things are slightly different um, if you're an education care service that didn't get that funding. So what? how they'll work out how much money you'll get out of that is... um yeah, Sorry, have I said instead of that, they're going to give you a payment in your bank every week that you don't have to ask for. You've still got to record your attendances, etc., but you don't even have to record them in your software package. You've got to record them somewhere else, and you'll just get, you know, money in your bank account every week. I'll tell you how that's calculated in in a minute. But the reason or the, the, you know, there's a few things that you've got to do in order to get that. One is to follow a, a priority of access um, a thing. And the priority of access is children of working parents um, and basically, uh, you know, who've got an essential job. And basically the way the PM said it is if you have a job, it's an essential job. So they're the first people, vulnerable children. You know, are the second people, and the third are education are families that you've already got an existing relationship with. So that are already enrolled in your centre. Basically, they're the three people that you have to provide care for in order to get that payment. Obviously, you only get that payment if you're um, if you're um, open. And the big thing is you no longer have to charge parents' parents fees. In fact, you can't charge parents' fees from Monday. You can also choose, if you want to, to refund their fees from the 23rd of of March back to them, but you don't have to. That's up to you whether you do or not. So essentially, how do they work out how much money um, you're getting and when will you get it? By, Um, so, oh, sorry, the when you get it by, I'm not exactly clear, but it is coming in weekly, I think. But basically, they're looking at for most services the fortnight before the second of March, and whatever your attendances were and your fees were then is very important. So, what the amount of money you're going to get is 50%. Of either your fee, if it was less than the, the um, benchmark price for your service type, or if it was higher, uh, yeah, or if it was higher, just fifty percent of the bench of the benchmark fee. Yeah, the hourly fee cap. Sense? Yeah, the hourly fee cap um, times by the attendances you've had. So is that? Uh, like is that clear enough or is that do I need to add more to
1: that? No, I think you've I think I think you've covered the main points of, of what's been announced. There's obviously a huge amount of detail that's gonna sit um that sit behind that. But um the only other things I sort of wanted to add to the to, to what Lisa's covered is that um it's looking like this system will be in place for about six months. So they're saying that No, they're saying to June. Well no, so the I'm gonna go to the appropriate part of the press conference, so it's saying we're going to have it for six months. There'll be a one-month review. There's an additional 12 weeks up to June 30 with a second 12 weeks. Um, so they, they're obviously going to conduct reviews, but they seem to be working on the assumption that they, they will be doing those additional top-up ones.
0: Okay, they might, but it, um, yeah. it, it actually says in the material from the department that um, it will only be in that first period at the moment.
1: Okay, yeah we'll find we'll yeah. find out more as we as we go along, but this is obviously a, a huge shake up to the way where that obviously early education services are funded um i mean leanne i I feel like I'm only turning to you for this question, which is an unfair question because I've already turned to Lisa, but um do we think this is overall a good thing? Is this going to help the sector from what we can tell uh
2: gee that that's a that's a really hard question. I think that um this you know maybe it's one I just cannot answer because I think yes, it will, definitely, because at the moment anything is better than what services are are going through. And I mean my in talking with different services, some have been incredibly affected by this, and some have been less affected. So I think that there's there's different there's different spaces in which this is taking place. I guess all I hope is that, we can get the picture together well enough and get all of the you know it's only sunday that people have to have this completely organized and that's in a state of change within their services and probably because i'm not a service provider or someone who's actually working on operational aspects there's things in my head where i'm saying well what if um, you know, what about those children that have been unenrolled? Are they going to be re-enrolling and are they going to be doing all those things which you guys will have the answers to, which will be fantastic. But I guess my, my thinking is how does all of this happen in this very short space of time? And, but apart from that, yes, it will absolutely help services.
0: I think um, I think one of the things is, is that you actually don't have to do the, do anything. to to get this money so really the only thing you've got to do immediately and I think there's been an intense sense of we've got to have everything done quickly quickly because it felt like services were going to go completely bankrupt overnight and I think we can take the foot off the pedal a bit and say there's money there it may not be enough money for everyone but there's money there So I don't think you need to quickly do your budgets for the next six months and work out what stuff you can and can't keep on, etc. The The three things that I think it's important to do for people is to read the material that's out and read it as much as you can um, and to understand as much of it as you can. Second is to get those attendances in before Sunday and third is to register your intent to get job keeper payments on the ATO website. And I just want to say to people that the government departments are really struggling with keeping their websites up to up to date etc. So I just thought it might really help if we tell people where the clearest information is. Is that okay, Liam?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So um, the first place you need to go is the Department of Edu- um, of Education. And what's their whole name now, Liam? I don't know <laughs> Department it.
1: Department of Education, Skills and Employment.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, now, there's two places that you need to go within that. Um, once I'm just going to do it so that everyone can follow. Once you've gone to that, hit their coronavirus thing. Lisa thinks, yeah?
2: Lisa thinks we can see her screen,
1: Liam. No,
0: you can't. She thinks that but we're I'm following along. I'm with trying to, to. This, is, this trying isn't to a Zoom it a, call, Lisa. Of course not. <laughs> <are>. I'm <laughs> trying to make it radio friendly. She, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay, so you go <laughs> to the department's website, you hit their coronavirus information, and then once you scroll down to the childcare stuff, there's two things there. One says um, coronavirus up until the 5th of April and down a bit further, there's one after the 6th of April and it's the after the 6th of April one that you need to be on. And then once you've read that after the 6th of April one, inside that, sorry, just above where you found that on the website, there's a thing called frequently asked questions and it's just the same frequently asked questions that they've had up there about the childcare subsidy for forever, right? But you need to click on that and you need to go into the top one, which is called coronavirus. And that's got some really important information on it. So was that clear enough, guys? Do you think? so that was very That, helpful. that was that great. That was very helpful. Thank you, because I had a little bit of
2: trouble with that before when I looked it up and thought they're just the same things that have always been there. So that was that was very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm I had trouble I
0: five that. minutes before this podcast started.
2: <laughs> i <too>. sorry.
1: No
0: <laughs> so I I guess Mike, can
2: I ask you both then because you know as I said I I'm, I would be like not in the same level of thinking about this as you. So you're saying just it's very straightforward and it's very simple. Is that what you're saying, Lisa? And everybody just needs to go step by step and do it very in a very calm manner.
0: Yeah. In fact, most of it you don't have to do anything for. They'll work out your money. They'll give you a thing. Once you get that money in your account and you see how much they're giving you, then you need to work out your budgets and whatever. And there's also the possibility that if it doesn't work for you, um, the department will consider giving you money at a higher rate on a case by case basis. You'll have to talk to them and negotiate, et cetera, You know. So um, the the example they've given of that is if you need more funding because you've had an increase in enrollments, um, you know, then you'd need to talk to them. And some services may well be in that situation. I was personally pretty horrified um, with um, our minister, Dan Tehan, apart from the fact that when he did the first press conference, I couldn't understand a word that he was saying. But the second he did, then did a series of follow-up media interviews and he actually said childcare will be free for any parent, As of Monday, it'll be free for any parent. And the interviewer, you know, pushed him and says, so do you actually mean, you know, like that um, if, you know, if you're working from home, you should in fact go and take your children back to childcare? Yes, you should, he said. You know, what about if you're studying or, you know, trying to get a job? Should you put your children in childcare? Yes, you should, he said. So, and I know that many services are already taking calls from parents saying, "I want to, win, I want to put my child in, and how do I claim my free childcare?" So it's possible that we're actually going to see the reverse of what's been happening today, where parents have been flocking away from our services; that they'll actually be flocking to them. Now, yeah, the thing that that doesn't make sense. At all to me, is that we're still in a pandemic. You know, children (laughs) can't play together in the park outside my house because they might catch the virus. But in the early education and care centre around the corner, you can have you know 130 of them Mm. there playing together.
2: And and this is the big, this is the big sort of unsaid. It's it's almost like okay, we 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 will we're going to save the sector. But only if the sector keeps doing what it's been doing, whereas in other sectors, it's, OK, we're just going to save you anyway. <laughs> you know, just, it feels sort of it, it, you've got to adjust you, whatever you're doing to accommodate the pandemic and to make sure that you're not having any contact with each other. However, if you're a young child or an educator, it's actually different because you're immune from coronavirus.
0: Oh, actually, Leanne, I think you've got it wrong. Children are immune. Educators just don't exist. You know, like they're never mentioned. The you know their health is never mentioned. The need for them to protect themselves is never mentioned. You know, it's just children can't get it. So therefore, it's apparently fine for educators to be in a room full of not just children, but you know, families dropping children off and each other and whatever. So So, maybe is it um
2: possible to look at this in in through two sort of things first of all there's a finally a recognition that early childhood education was if settings were just hemorrhaging and that they were that uh, some of them were going under so this is okay there's a recognition that we need to save this sector and make sure that it still exists in the future, and then the second part of it, which is more of the advocacy work needs to be done around support for educators and the the situation that they're being placed in and that children are being placed in as well. So we've kind of solved a bit of problem one. Now we've got to look
0: at problem two. Yeah, I, th- I think for sure. And look, you know, I, um, I've personally copped a bit of flack today because – I had an article out this morning and I didn't mention educators and a lot of people were saying, why aren't you concerned about educators? So can I just publicly say I care a lot about educators and, you know, I don't want people's health put at risk. But I also know that there are some people that um, education and care is an essential service from, for. So I suppose... You know, that question then comes, what do you tell your parents? What do you tell your families? And I suppose what you tell them is that education and care is free from next week. You're legally unable to charge them a gap fee, um, you know, above the, the, you know, the bucket of money that, um, you know, the, uh, the government will give you. Um, but they still need to think about what's safest for their children.
1: Yeah, mm. absolutely. Look, I think we've 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 wandered there into, I think, one of the key challenges that this package represents, and I want to come back to that because I think we've got a few we want to talk through. But um, I do want to ask this question, not, not just because I think it will probably be the title of the episode, so we should make sure we refer to it, but I think also taking a brief step back before we plunge back into the detail, and this might be a more fun question for you to address firstly, Anne. Um, Did we today at around sort of you know quarter past one or whatever? Did the government just announce universal free access to early education (laughs) in Australia? Is that now the system we have as of Monday the sixth of April?
2: Well, it it does appear to with a little bit of a little less of the um, the amount that's needed worked out. So I, I. the thing that I thought was, wow, this is how schools are funded. They are the <laughs> yeah. services are going to be receiving direct payments. So is this the opportunity to work on that advocacy and say, look at this. And what I'm going to be interested in as well is how much admin. Like where Where's the – what's going to happen here in terms of administration and, and the um, – just the administration – of the whole system over this time will be very interesting, I think. But yes, I think that's what we got, Liam. And I don't think that we anticipated that. Did we? Did we anticipate the words free free childcare or free early childhood education?
1: I don't I think so. I certainly
0: anticipated services being funded, but I didn't anticipate directly funded. I didn't anticipate that it would be completely free for families.
1: I think the shocking thing for me was the admission that the childcare subsidy system—that's let, let's not forget—took.
2: <laughs> oh yes, my, sorry, Liam. This was my favourite part of the press conference. I may I have really...
1: <laughs> I may have been tweeting wildly about this, but let's let's not forget the childcare subsidy which this government however many prime ministers ago who can remember and by the way scott morrison was one of the key ministers that first started when he was minister for social services spent years advocating for trying to get this package fast designing it implemented in 2018 the minister for education today stood up and said it's too complicated and we can't use we we can't we can't use the subsidy system it's too complicated like that to me is just was just kind of mind blowing giving the ad, given the you know, what was happening around that time from well certainly from the three of us, but you know, also from people just going, How can how can we continue to have a system that relies on activity tests and, and weird graphs where things go up and down and who knows what you get, you know, if if you if there's a full moon on the second, you know, rising of <laughs> Mars you get a particular percentage so i do feel like a line's been crossed here right like we it's going to be very hard for the government who's just said it's too complicated to in six months time go well and we're leaping ahead to an extra point we may as well get there now it's going to be very hard for the government in in three or six months time to go well let's go back to the old system i hope everyone had a good time
0: yeah it's interesting in that they're still trying to kind of follow the law a bit the reason why you don't have to kind of put in your attendance reports anymore is because the legislation is all really strong about you've got to put it in an attendance thing before we give you money. So they're actually kind of like trying to find a way to legally just shove money into your bank accounts. Um, I, you know, I, I think though that you know, hearing the follow up interviews with the minister, he's made it really clear that. We're just after this has happened, we're just going to go back to our lovely little software system because we spent so long you know, building it and it was so nice and, you know, CSS, CCS is such a nice thing that we want to go back to it as soon as we can. So I just think we have to get very ready to say, no, actually this worked a lot better, thanks. You can stuff your Jobs for Families package. Yeah, and now's the time for um,
2: even more of our... Uh, advocacy, saying, "Gosh, what a, this is incredible! Like this is, this is the time to me where we ramp up the wonderful, high-quality early childhood education that we can deliver, and that we we advocate for this to continue to be free in what in some form, but not a complex free."
0: An yeah. uncomplex
2: phrase.
0: <laughs> Please Simple. make it not complex. Simple you know would be great. You what I'm then. sad about? They didn't give it a name. Yeah, you know? like it's a. It's gonna be called something oh. like, you know, a continuity payment. Someone I think suggested oh. that we've got Job Seeker and Job Keeper. We should call this Child keeper or something yeah. <laughs> but we haven't got a name but given that they called the last one jobs for families package when it was actually about early education maybe we could you know come up with Lim, can we offer a prize you know oh, could, that's a great um, idea can someone get automatic access to the patreon or something the series if they come up with the best name for the package i think that's sure. a great
1: idea Oh yeah, I, think
2: so, I cannot too. believe you are offering this. I'm so excited. There was no name. It's like <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you eligible into Leanne? Hang on.
2: Let's let's not, not make this complex. Let's but just say name, it's free. the name that our people will come up with will be fun. I know, it will. All right, but okay. All right. All right. That will
1: oh, be out there. We'll, we'll have the details. I'll give
2: up on my, my dream. We'll have a new hashtag.
1: <laughs> it has to be at least 9 words long. That's all we have. No, no, it no, doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> That'd be a great idea. Well, um, I think one of the because I know with time's ticking away slightly, so one of the things I want to do. So obviously I uh, currently work for an organisation that will be responding to this probably over the weekend. <laughs> um, I had a, a number of long meetings today, just in the in the follow up to that. So I'm probably going to approach this uh, from that from that perspective of going. Like we've I think we've talked about the nature of the package as much as we can. I want to dig down into some of the challenges. Um, not that we're known for being pessimistic about particular things, but I think this isn't about bashing the government. I think this is largely a good announcement, but there are obviously going to be things that are tricky for individual services and individual organisations. And we also just need a lot more detail. Um, But some of the questions we've been talking about are. I think the best way, what the government seems to be suggesting here is that we need to, for, for the early education sector and for services, is really looking at this particular announcement today, whatever it ends up being named by the excellent uh, listeners of the early education show, looking at this package alongside the JobKeeper package. So it's kind of like two uh, you know, two uh, supports in place. Now, the issue is we know there are a number of uh, services and organizations that aren't eligible for the JobKeeper payment. So where this funding announcement comes unstuck comes unstuck for me is the fifty percent amount. So the idea that we may be looking at some services trying to operate with just fifty percent of their revenue, um, I, I, I think that's one of the challenges. Do we? So I, I'm it's not fifty sure
0: percent of their revenue, Liam. No, it's fee, fifty
1: of the fifty percent
0: of their fee. Yeah. of their hourly rate or the um, CSS, yeah. CCS, rate. which
1: for most services would be the majority of their revenue
0: um yeah yeah
1: possibly so i mean i don't think we have any advice i think that that that's an identified gap that i think we'll have to we'll we'll have to look at um one of the other things obviously we don't have the detail around the priority of access one of the points of clarity yes we do we do you've told me that several times today lisa and where, where is that i haven't seen it
0: I don't, well, it's it's in written the, into
2: the research? document. Frequently ah. asked questions. Yeah, yeah but blah, it was blah, actually blah. in the original
0: document as well. It ah, was pretty
1: well. That is there. That's good.
0: Yes. Yeah. So the priority of access is, um, it, yeah, it's the parents. It's three things. It's the um, oh.
1: Yes, no, sorry. I I've did, said it. Yes, you were. This is what I was going to argue with you about. Sorry, is that... So children of essential... Who, who, where is the list of essential workers? So It's and, anyone
0: with a job. <laughs> yeah, because
2: the boss yep. has said yeah. that. He's said that many times.
1: Yes, so this opens up the can of worms, which I think is probably the, the biggest can of worms. So this is what we spend um, the most of our time talking about at Northside today. We are now anticipating a run of families who will only see the headline, free childcare. On news, on you know uh, websites,
0: just gotta say to them social distancing. Yeah.
1: So my recommend, so all I can, I I try, very rarely try and do this, but the is the recommendation is around the communication to families. Get onto it as soon as you as soon as you possibly can, and be honest about the uncertainty about where things are at. And we, we did that today. We were really clear, family. We've just seen this announcement. We did not receive any advance notice. We don't yet know exactly what it will mean for us. What we do know is we'll be operating and opening as normal on Monday. The same recommendations we've been giving you for the last few weeks, which are if you can, keep your children you know, um, at home, they still apply. And we've been saying that because we've been saying that to staff as well, uh, and that we've had, you know, staff illness and all those different kinds of things. But the more, the the quicker you can communicate with your families, even if it's just about the uncertainty. And we, we actually called out saying, please don't email us about your enrollment right now because we we need some time to work out the detail of the package. So I would really recommend getting communications out, making it clear as well, avoiding jargon, which is really hard when you're reading the bureaucrats who have written, who have written all their stuff. You have to decode the jargon a bit and put it in plain English for families. Um, and I know that's always a very strong recommendation from, from Lisa as well, um, but doing that as you soon bet. as you can and, and, and acknowledging the uncertainty. And we'll be doing that again tomorrow and just saying, hey, we are in exactly the same boat as you. We are working out what this means for our organisation and saying we've been given, you know, four days or less by the time you read it, but, you know, maybe three days to prepare for this. So
2: can I ask two questions? Of course. No, that's my role. The the two things. So, if your utilization, you know, you're not fully utilised, and then parents say, "Okay, I want this number of days." And I know what you've just said, Liam. Can Can you just and you might have already said it, and I've missed it. But can you just enrol families and then be 100% utilisation?
0: Yes, you can. If you want,
2: yeah. But I understand. Yes, I know. I understand that. That's that's a secondary sort of question maybe i shouldn't have asked that and it should be edited out
1: (laughs) (laughs) no editing tonight leanne
2: (laughs) secondly what if you want to do exactly what you're saying there lisa social distancing and this has been acceptable in schools although mostly children are now doing this from home that is that's been thing but at one stage there were children who were on site in schools and also um, online is it going to be acceptable to have children in early childhood settings doing the same thing, some on site and some online? Now, either that was, we've lost our
0: connection. Um, oh, no, was a big you, you, you flummoxed me No, well, I, I, think, I think, yes, that would be acceptable. And I'm, look, to be honest, I think most people are holed up in houses and they're not going kind to... Of, you know, unless things are really stressful for them in their house or they really need to go to a job, in which case their children would already be staying at centres, I don't think we're going to see a massive comeback of of people that have already taken their children out. I, I hear think what
2: you're what, saying, but we but there are centres that are still operating
0: at about eighty to ninety percent. Yep, and I think that those ones will continue to operate at that. Right. You know, but Mm. the ones that have dropped to 10 or 20% might pick up a bit. But I don't think families are stupid enough, and especially now that actual incidences of children dying of the disease and of catching the disease are coming out, I don't think families unless they really need to, are going to necessarily want their children in services. And I think that, yeah, yeah.
2: But we do have to make the disclaimer here that we don't know that. Like, we, we do have to say that we don't know
1: what families are
2: deciding to do
1: or any of those things. We don't know. I can anecdotally say even today we've had several emails from families who either unenrolled or haven't had, their children in who saying they want to come back next week.
0: Yeah, of course. And I think, I think that will happen because, you know, free childcare sounds very, um, you know, wonderful. But I think that once we, um, uh, once they think about, oh, actually that's right. You know, that means putting my child at danger, that might stop a bit. Yeah. So I, I and I think,
2: probably the sort of uncertainty that we're all I hope we're not sort of contributing to that uncertainty I know maybe by asking those questions I am but I think it just reflects everybody's uncertainty so I I I personally am making that disclaimer there if I've asked questions that are that are wrong no you
0: haven't I think that's why we're
1: here Leanne there are lots of questions (laughs) out there
0: one of the things that and I can't tell you where this came from but I think it might have came... No, actually, I don't know where it came from. But the department or the minister said, encourage the families that have unenrolled to re-enroll and encourage your other families to stay enrolled so that they remain eligible for the childcare subsidy when we turn that system back on again. Mm. So, you know, like... It may be and certainly I've had a, a rash of messages from parents saying, So do I need to re enroll my child again so that the service can get this money? And no, the answer is no, they don't. They can stay unenrolled if they want. Um, but they may want to do that so that they're keeping their spot and then just not not taking their child you know, not taking their child there. Am I mm. making sense of this? Yeah. Makes sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, Lisa. Um, I, I, I want to ask one more question before we take a few questions from social media. I should say we've been pretty inundated since I, I think I only posted that post like three hours ago. and we've, I think we're up to about 40 comments now, so we're not going to be able to cover them all. I'm going to try and choose a few that represent other ones as well. Um, can we really quickly talk about this? Are we, are we worried that one of the responses from the government might be that's, that's potentially seeing an increase or a stabilisation of the number of children attending is that they might... Uh, wind back some of the regulatory requirements? Might we see lower staff-to-child ratios or lower qualification requirements?
2: I think we... I would hope not, and I would hope that even if there was a whisper of suggestion around that, that we would... uh, Our advocacy would rise up because we have fought so hard for these ratios and we're still fighting for better ratios. So I, I just... Would say that
0: would be very. That would really. I, I hope that we would. I don't up. think it's going to happen, Lem, because they made it clear that you've still got to comply with... You've got to continue to record your attendance of children. You've got to comply with all provider obligations under the National Quality Framework and other relevant conditions of approval under family assistance law. You've got to stay open with at least one active enrolment. So there has to be at least one child coming to your service. Um, And you can't charge um, parents a fee whatsoever. And you've got to follow that priority of access thing. So I don't. Oh God, I've forgotten what you asked. <laughs>
1: that ratio. Whether 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 the line okay.
0: So yeah, the the requirement to follow the NQF means they're not going to. Now that said, I understand that departments are being pretty liberal with those waivers that they're handing out right now. So yeah. Uh,
1: all right, let's um, yeah, let's. We're we're really pushing up against time here, so I want to just go just chuck a few questions from that we received from Facebook, and again, I'll try and use ones that are representative of other ones because we're just not going to be able to cover them all. I'm really sorry. Um, Louise uh, asks, "What about the health of the children and workers? What extra steps are being put in place to provide a safe workplace?" Now, I think we actually talked about this before, Lisa, but this is, um, you know, there's a potential here that we're encouraging people to go back into <laughs> unsafe positions and we're keeping early childhood centres open while schools are allowed to close. I think this is this is a huge concern, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that they're talking about anything at the moment, but I think that they have upped the thing about somewhere I've read in the last few hours, they've upped their advice about not having vulnerable staff um, online, which we covered in our other podcast, or not online, in the centre. And I think they're beginning to see that that's not a good idea either. So, look, there's been nothing said. And that's why I think, you know, you have to work out how to protect yourself and you need to be talking to families about, even though it's free, do you really need to be here, you know?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we had a number of questions. It's probably the most asked question, which was about what does this mean for state-funded community preschools? Uh, I, it, there's, New South Wales was mentioned in particular. I think we probably don't have time to get into all of that now. I think...
0: Okay. Yeah. Just very yeah. quickly, they announced more universal access funding for next year. So they've extended the universal access funding by yet another one year time, um, but at a kind of higher rate than what they did this time. But my understanding is that the education ministers are fighting that out at the moment. Um, what it means for state-funded services in New South Wales is that you're going to get your Start Strong funding and you're going to get the job keeper packages. And I know that a lot of um, people are saying that will still leave them short. So what you're going to do is work out exactly how much short you are and then you're going to be advocating with um, uh, Sarah Mitchell, with the opposition and various other people. Um, I've heard that um, Victoria are doing everything possible to keep their um, preschools open. So, yeah. Um, it just There's two things here too that I'd just like to throw in at that point. Liam. One is about family daycare. This is going to affect family daycare in a slightly different way because they kind of go up and down, um, uh, you know, in care provision and also because unlike other service types, they haven't actually had the big exodus because they're small, you know, family homes. So it's going to affect them differently but the rules are the same. There, there will be no more childcare subsidy. There will just be these payments to services, and services are then going to have to work out how to um, uh, how to spread the money amongst their educators and what would be edu- uh, you know uh, what would be equitable, etc. And educators will also, as sole traders, where those educators aren't employed across Australia, there's slightly different situations, but many educators are not um, employed by their service. They're, they've got their own business. They will need to all apply for the job keeper allowance under um, as sole traders. And the other thing was that um, with that I wanted to say was that OSH Services the 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 week that they're counting on for um, how much money you're going to get is for the vacation or Ush Services that are running vacation care. It's the vacation period between terms three and four last year. So the September October holidays. That's your um, census work.
1: Wonderful. Thanks, Lisa. Very clear. I might, we've probably got time for one more. Um, or I might just want to tackle again, we've had a couple of questions there just around that same question I was confused about before, which was the eligibility. The best way I heard it explained a little before was that anyone who's currently enrolled is eligible. So it's not like you're going to have to look at your current families and go, well, actually, you're not eligible anymore. So that's really important to know. But I think we yeah. talked about that. Um, before uh, so I might, we might end with one more question which is there was a question just around do we still yeah, but have Liam, to...
0: there's still a priority of access like if you've the... got yes. families currently eligible and yeah. then more essential yeah. workers or vulnerable children come they get priority
2: and, yeah. and I guess that that's where you manage your priorities there as well and and think about um, the health and safety of the children and, it, and that's hard because you've got to kind of triage you know that in a way but that needs some strategic thinking from um, people who are leading those services.
1: Absolutely, and then the last one is basically this. um, There's quite a few questions in one here, but it's um, you know what happens after 62 day absences? Do parents need to provide evidence of employment and hours they work? So, uh, no, as far as we can tell, they won't need to provide um, evidence of employment, and you know allowable absences won't won't become an issue because there'll be no gap fee being paid anymore. But well, some... there is just no
0: allowable absence; yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't exist anymore. It anymore.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry we couldn't cover everything there. I'm really uh, grateful for everyone for listening and tuning in. I'm particularly grateful for Lisa and Leanne after another crazy day to then join me in uh, recording a really quick episode. We hope it was helpful. Um, and you, Liam.
2: Good luck working everything out. I hope that you can get some good weekend in here somewhere.
1: Yeah. yeah so I've got a feeling there'll be some work on uh, Saturday and/or Sunday. Unfortunately, but that's and, yeah, that's and the and world look, we live hats in now. Off.
2: Yeah, and hats off to everybody who's doing that and everybody who's advocated for for sure uh, for everything. And, you know, it is, I think that we would, if we'd be sort of looking ahead, we would have been really happy with this result. And so we, we need to congratulate all the people who have been involved in getting it this far. Absolutely. And uh, let's use it as a uh, springboard to the
0: next thing.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. You
0: know what my absolute fine, famous, favourite line in the press conference was? I can't remember w- whether it was the Prime Minister or Dan Tahan. They said, the, the old system was quite a complex system.
2: Uh... <laughs> that was the point at which every early childhood uh, person across Australia, tea, came out of their nose as they had <laughs> Why are you doing this to me,
1: Lisa? Why remind me of that?
0: <laughs> because uh... it's funny. <laughs>
1: You have been listening to The Early Education Show. You can find show notes and links for this episode and all our other episodes at earlyeducationshow.com. The show is hosted by Lisa Bryant, Leanne Gibbs, and Liam McNicholas, and produced by Liam McNicholas. The music is by Jarzar at betterwithmusic.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show in the Apple Podcast Store. It really helps others find the show. Get in touch with us at Early Edu Show on Facebook and Twitter or send us an email at earlyedushow at gmail.com. See you next time.